0: Dashodanandana, Braja Janaranjana, jan ranjana jamuna Rādhā Madhava Kunja Bihāri Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rāma did it up. Paramahamsa Parivraja Kacharyashto Taratita Sri Srimar His Divine Grace AC Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Prantara Srimar Bhagavatam Ki Jai Dugadharma Sri Harinam Sankir Tanyagya Ki Jai Godpremanandi Godpremanandi Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo
1: Bhagavate Vasudevaya
0: Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo, vasudevaya. Om namo vasudevaya. Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 4, Chapter 2. And today we're on text 28. Daksha curses Lord Shiva Bhavavrata Dhara Yecha Bhavrata Yecha Yechatan Samunabrataha
2: Tan Samunavrata
0: samuna oh, Samanu Yecha Tan Samanu Vrataha yecha Paśandināste bhāvantu sacchastra paripantinaha bhavavrata dharai yecha yechatant samanuvrata ha. Paśandināste bhāvantu sacchastra paripantinaha paripantina, bhava-vrata-dhara-yecha, yecha. Bhavavrata yecha-than-samuna-vrataha, yecha-than-samanu-vrataha,
1: Yechatan Yechatan
0: paśandina-ste-bhāvantu, such chastra paripantina ava vrata dhara a vow to satisfy lord shiva ye, ye hu, who cha, cha and, and ye, ye hu, who cha, cha and, and tan, tan, tan such principles, such principles samanuvrataha, samanuvrataha, following, following pasandina atheists, atheists te, te they pavantu let them become sat shastra paripantina diverted from transcendental scriptural injunctions shila translation and purport shila jai. one who takes a vow to satisfy lord shiva or who follow such principles will certainly become an atheist and be diverted from transcendental scriptural injunctions. So this is Lord Brigu following up from yesterday's verse. This is the curse that he's giving. So the first one, One who takes a vow to satisfy Lord Shiva or who follows such principles will certainly become an atheist and be diverted from transcendental scriptural injunctions." Srila Prabhupada's purport. It is sometimes seen that devotees of Lord Shiva imitate the characteristics of Lord Shiva. For example, Lord Shiva drink an ocean of poison. So some of the followers of Lord Shiva imitate him and try to take intoxicants like ganja, marijuana. Here the curse is that if someone follows such principles, he must become an infidel and turn against the principles of Vedic regulation. Can someone look up that word, infidel? Just. Oh, can you give me this? A person who does not believe in religion or who adheres to religion other than one's own. A person who does not adhere to religion? Who does not believe in religion. Oh, who does be, no, not believe in religion. adheres to religion other than one's own. And to adhere, in, or who to, okay. So the infidels, they're not, they're not taken to my religion, or they're not taken to any religion? From the root, uh, infidelis and not faithful. Okay, infidelis, not faithful. It is said that such devotees of Lord Shiva will be such chastra paripantina, which means, quote, opposed to the conclusion of Shastra or scripture. This is confirmed in the Padma Purana also. Lord Shiva was ordered by the Supreme Personality of Godhead to preach the impersonal, or Mayavad philosophy for a particular purpose, just as Lord Buddha preached the philosophy of voidness for particular purposes mentioned in the Shastras. Sometimes it is necessary to preach a philosophical doctrine which is against the Vedic conclusion. In the Shiva Purana, it is stated that Lord Shiva said to Parvati that in the Kali Yuga, in the body of a Brahmana, he would preach the Mayavad philosophy. Thus, it is generally found that the worshippers of Lord Shiva are maivadi philosophers. Oh, did I, what did I say? Oh, sorry. maivadi f- followers. Lord Shiva himself says, Asat Asa, Shastra, as explained here, means the doctrine of Maivar impersonalism, or becoming one with the Supreme. Brigumuni cursed that persons who worship Lord Shiva would become followers of this Mayavad Asat Shastra, which attempts to establish that the Supreme Personality of God is impersonal. Besides that, among the worshippers of Lord Shiva, there's a section who live a devilish life. Srimad Bhagavatam and Narada Pancharatra are authorized scriptures. That are considered sat shastra or scriptures which lead one to the path of God realization. Asat shastras are just the opposite. Hey, Jeeva, while I'm reciting the Mangalacharan, could you get me a um, first canto Bhagavatam? First canto and uh, the Bhagavad Gita? Umagyana Timirandasya timarandasya shalakaya cakshurum militam jena tasmai shri gurave namaha vandeham shri guru shri juta padakamalam shri guru vaisna shri rūpam sagrajātam sahagana Rugunatam vitaṁ taṃsa jīvam savadutam parijana sahitam krishna chetanya devam Shiradha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakambitangsha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishthaya Bhutale Shri Mate Bhaktivedanta Swami Nitina Mine Namaste Sariswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirviseisha Shunya Vadi Paschatyadeshata Vanchakalpa Tarubyascha Kripa Sunduby Vacha Patitanam Pavinibhio Vaishnavibhio Namo Namaha Jayashri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunitya Nanda Shri Advaita Gadharhar Shriva Shadi Gaura Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama Ram Hare Hare Mukam Karoti Vachalam Fangum Langaite Girim Yakripa Tama Hambande Sri Gurum Dinatarinam. So, just one appreciation before getting into this verse. Prabhupada was speaking, um, I listened to a lecture in the morning. When I get up, so in today's, thanks, in today's lecture, Prabhupada was talking about how the, the biggest of the biggest can become the smallest of the smallest. And he was talking about the process of Archana and how it would, it would be very difficult to dress the universal form. Where, where would you start? It would be a very difficult process. So, Krishna is so merciful that he takes on a form, the largest of the largest can become, can take the form in such a way that we can dress him. Um, Daily. And uh, so is this interesting, Prabhupada is saying, it'd be very difficult to uh, figure out how to dress the universal form. Wh- where would you put your out- DD outfits and jewelry? So this is the generosity and mercy of the vigraha process. Okay, well, Brigumuni, he's put into interesting situations. And here, as Bala was saying yesterday, we have great personalities like Nandishwara, Lord Shiva's personal, intimate assistant, devotee, actually. And then today we have a great sage, Brigumuni. Muni. Who can remember another section of the Bhagavatam where Bhrigu Muni is ass- a- assigned a very interesting task? There was some uh, another yagya going on and he was assigned a particular engagement. Can someone share? And basically I'll, he was kind of doing he was like test he was being like a, a tester <laughs> can anyone recall where Brigamuni is given a unique assignment he's the first one to get into this uh, counter cursing to lord shiva Valla smirking so <laughs> he's, he's got something sure or you can you can say it and then i, I can repeat just just say it in short 10th canto Okay, yeah. Yeah, so Bhrigu was assigned this task and with, uh, Lord, with Lord Brahma, he offended him with, uh, mentally. He ignored him, right? He ignored him. And then with Shiva, he verbally... And he's a son of Lord Brahma. And then with Lord Shiva, he said some really harsh things. Kind of his appearance and... And, uh, and then with Lord Vishnu, he actually it was uh, uh, physical. He actually kicked him in the chest, <laughs> and and then, you know, L- Lord Brahma was, you know, expressed some anger. Lord Shiva expressed anger, and then Lord Vishnu was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. My, my chest must be very hard." And you know, it's a very unique pastime, where Bhrigu Munis assigned this particular task, and it'd be c- quite um, uncomfortable to <laughs> do such a thing. And then he even said, "Oh." It, I'm so fortunate to have your foot on my chest, therefore the goddess of fortune will reside there permanently. She didn't really like it though, and because of that, Prabhupada actually mentioned in the Krishna book that due to that, um, brahmanas are generally poor <laughs> due to that situation of being cursed or being being uh, kicked. Saraswati, Saraswati river. So in today's purport, the first Prabhupada is going to get into different... Uh, the different ways that the followers or worshippers of Lord Shiva um, how it's evident that this curse of Brigumuni has has come to pass and we can even see it in today's world. Um, Srila Prabhupada first says, for example, Lord Shiva drank an ocean of poison so some of the followers of Lord Shiva imitate him and try to take intoxicants like ganja or marijuana. So interestingly, especially here we start in Colorado, it kind of was like the the um, breaking grounds, one of the states, at least, where marijuana became legal. And even some, you know, amongst even spiritual cultures, I can remember that, you know, drugs like heroin or cocaine or even smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol, these were all really, like, bad, like, you know, really bad. Oh, but if you smoke marijuana, yeah, it's not so bad. You know, don't worry about it too much. I remember one devotee told me, He's said, yeah, don't worry about it too much. Just don't get into the hard drugs. His name was Jenna Pavana. Did you know him? 1987 in Laguna from Holland. B- a boater. He, sa- he was sailing around the world. And he, w- he was in Laguna for about a year. He was a sailor. And uh, anyways, around 87, 88. And uh, we'd come to the temple with our long dreadlocks. And, and we-, we weren't eating meat or drinking wine. We were actually quite strict in our discipline, in our practice. Um, so, in that regards, he was probably seeing some potential that we could become Bhaktas. Uh, Shas- Swati's son, Sain and Shashti of Trivajur. I remember Swati, yeah, and, and then Sain, I remember they used to tell me, someday you'll, t- you'll see this path in such a way that you'll cut off your hair. And I'll say, no, never. <laughs> so anyhow, um, even this devotee, Janapavana, very generous, and he would say, yeah, all oh, right, you're smoking a little ganja, no big deal. Just don't sink into those other harder drugs. And even at one time, I remember we went to a Sunday feast, I shared this before, and, you know, we were under the influence of marijuana. And I remember looking at the pancha tattva, and all their eyebrows were like down like this. And they weren't in, I wasn't seeing them in the sweetness that most of us, when you go to Laguna Beach and you have darshana pancha tattva, it's a very sweet mood. That they were all like this. And I was standing, standing in the back of the temple. And I, I couldn't actually stay in the temple. I had to get out. And, I, and from that day on, I was, I think I was 18 or 19, I said, I'm, I'm never going to go to the temple in, just, in such a state of mind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the right consciousness. So, so I gave up any type of intoxicants. I never got into heavy intoxicants, but I just said, even this marijuana, I'm going to give this up. And uh, Prabhupada's very grave, actually, in one purport in Bhagavad Gita, I thought to share. Sometimes... It's true, there's a certain generous disposition. We meet people who are into yoga, spirituality. Uh, they're not drinking wine and eating meat. They actually may be very strict in their dietary discipline. They, might, they may even bathe every day. And they, they, might, they might carry jatta. And they have a yogic disposition. And still, they might be attached, like Prabhupada would say, the hippies. I, I, I sympathize with them. I appreciate them, their, their sense of detachment, renunciation. But one challenge they have is this free sex and intoxication. So, in the uh, third chapter, after Yad Yad Achaditi um Prabhupada elaborates in a purport, and it's quite sobering uh, to hear his words. So, in the purport to text 24, Krishna says, If I did not perform prescribed duties, all these worlds would be put into ruination. I would be the cause of creating unwanted population, and I would thereby destroy the peace of all beings. So, to the Prabhupada in the end of the purport he says we should always consider the position of the Ishwaras so Prabhupada saying here it is sometimes seen that devotees of Lord Shiva imitate the characteristics of Lord Shiva we should always consider the position of the Ishwaras or those who can actually control the movements of the sun and moon as superior without such power one cannot imitate the Ishwaras who are super powerful Lord Shiva drank poison to the extent of swallowing an ocean. And also, he didn't drink that ocean of poison as like a Friday night party. Or even just, he didn't even just drink that poison as kind of just, well, I'm into spirituality and so I'll just drink this to experience some kind of liberation. He actually drank that poison out of upakara in the mood of patita pavana as like, I'm concerned for the world. This poison is there. I'll take it and I'll hold it in my throat, nilakanta." So he was actually doing that as an act of compassion. But if any common man tries to drink even a fragment of such poison, he will be killed. There are many pseudo-devotees of Lord Shiva who want to indulge in smoking ganja, marijuana, and similar intoxicating drugs, forgetting that that by so imitating the acts of Lord Shiva, they are calling death very near. So, quite a heavy line we, can, we distribute Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> we may not open to this page right away. At the same time, there may be people who are kind of, you can say, in an innocent situation. It's not that they're leveraging Lord Shiva and justifying their smoking of marijuana. They just may, whatever, well, I, I hang out with some Rastas or Native Americans or I hear like it kind of makes your mind peaceful. At a certain point, when they learn about Lord Shiva, and they leverage, well, hey, Lord Shiva does this, so I'm a follower of Lord Shiva, so I will also do. Therefore, it's justified. My smoking of ganja is justified. Um, Prabhupada's referring to here, forgetting the by so imitating the acts of Lord Shiva, they're calling death very near. And then he says, similarly, those, there are some pseudo-devotees of Lord Krishna who prefer to imitate the Lord in his rāsa-līlā, or dance of love. So intentionally, they know about Krishna, they know he has these intimate um, associates such as the gopis and he goes out with them at night and so they think oh Krishna does this well I'll also do forgetting that forgetting their inability to lift Govardhan hill so they're trying to imitate him have this rasa dance and then at the same time they're forgetting their inability to lift Govardhan hill it is best therefore that one night one not try to imitate the powerful but simply follow their instructions nor should one try to occupy their posts without qualification There are so many incarnations of God without the power of the Supreme Godhead. Okay. And then, uh, so that's pretty clear. Um, Not that this devotee, I would say, he's on the platform Lord Buddha or Shankaracharya. Prabhupada's referring to a brahmana that will will come as a brahmana to preach this Maibad philosophy. At the same time, even a devotee, May at times in their preaching seem to generously Give an exception when they're working with someone who's coming to the fold of bhakti So just like this devotee we'd be coming and he'd like hey Rasta boys You know we would all come with our dreadlocks and and he was just like kind of real light about it and almost like wow He's really like understanding of us and even like kind of saying we're do it's okay. We're not like we're not too off He's like, oh, you're a vegetarian. You're coming here and doing service. Oh, you're smoking a little ganja. Yeah, don't worry about it. Just keep coming. And we could say, we're like, oh, this guy's kind of cool. Whereas I remember there was another, I shared this one before. The first day I went, there was one brahmachari. Actually, Jenna Pavana was behind him. And uh, he was saying, so you guys are coming around, and are you vegetarian yet? And we weren't, I was still eating fish or something. And it's like, well, we're getting there, work in progress, and, you know, we're. Really wanting to improve our discipline, he said, "Well, if you die without being vegetarian, you will have to take birth as many hair, hairs are there on a, as many hairs that are there on a cow." And that was like the first thing he like preached to us, and we were like, "Whoa!" And then Jenna, Jenna Pavana was like behind him, and he was like, "It's okay. You're okay. you're you're you're, you're okay." And we're like, all right, now, okay, it was like our first week to the temple, like, all right, there's Bhadahari, there's Janapavana, there's Chaitanya Bhagavat, there was these devotees that were like, hey guys, how's it going? And then, and then we learned that there were some that were like, okay, there's some, maybe there's a little fanaticism or who, may, who weren't so in touch. So, in a similar way, we can see how Lord Buddha or Shankaracharya even, and, and there's a few purports, I'm actually in one section, Chaitanya Charitamrita, that described that we can't actually blame Lord Buddha Lord Shiva, they had a certain mission. And then in the um, Srimad Bhagavatam, we can, Prabhupada helps us to see and appreciate the role that Lord Buddha and Shankaracharya had. As sometimes we as preachers may have when we're um, interacting with the public, we ourselves were getting up early in the morning, chanting our japa, following sadachar. Prabhupada would say, my disciples, they do not take even coffee, tea or cigarettes, right? He was very proud of the discipline. That his disciples were following. They rise early in the morning. They worship the deities. Uh, there's a certain lifestyle, what we call sadachar, that goes along with that. So we're very disciplined in ourselves. We won't eat food unless it's offered. Um, ideally, we're preparing everything from scratch. Um, we uh, we're, we're careful that we're hearing uh, that we don't, as it says in the scriptures, Shruti Smriti Puranadi Pancharatra. The, those scriptures, which are not in line with Shruti and Smriti, are simply a disturbance of society. So we're careful with what even we're hearing and commenting on, the types of books we're reading. So we have a certain kind of discipline, a certain chastity, even you can say almost a certain rigidity in how we move day to day, with our lifestyle, with whatever we might be doing. And at the same time, we might be interacting with someone and saying, Hey, how's it going? And all right, you're coming, and all right, you're smoking a little ganja. Yeah, just keep coming to the temple, take prasadam and we might seem very generous and even kind of relaxed. So in this purport I thought, just to go on this point where Prabhupada says in the second part of the first purport, uh, Lord Shiva was ordered by the Supreme Personality of Godhead to preach the impersonal mayavada philosophy for a particular purpose, just as Lord Buddha preached the philosophy of voidness for particular purposes in the Shastras. So, uh, let's see, chapter 3. Christians, a source of incarnations and Lord Buddha. Hmm. Lord Buddha, Lord Buddha. Hmm. He is one of those. Oh, okay, 21st, 168. Okay. So, then in the beginning of Kali Yuga, the Lord will appear as Lord Buddha, the son of Anjana, in the province of Gaia, just for the purpose of deluding those who are envious. So, the, what is the purpose? Deluding those who are envious of the faithful theists. So, it's a long purport, which I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just this part that re- refers to today's purport. Technically, Lord Buddha's philosophy is called atheistic because there's no acceptance of the Supreme Lord. And because that system of philosophy denied the authority of the Vedas. But that is an act of camouflage by the Lord. In another lecture, Srila Prabhupada says, Oh, we like our guru. He is saying, Don't worry about God. You don't need to surrender to God. We like this guru, I meaning we like this teacher. And they're getting purified by appreciating. Lord Buddha, because we know he's an avatar, so proper saying. Oh, we, we like this person. As such, he's the original propounder of Vedic knowledge. Okay, so, but that isn't a camouflage, but that is an act of camouflage by the Lord. Lord Buddha is an incarnation of Godhead. As such, he's the original propounder of Vedic knowledge. He's therefore, he therefore cannot reject Vedic philosophy, but he rejected it outwardly because the Sura Dwisha, or the demons who are always envious of the devotees of Godhead, Try to support cow killing and animal killing from the pages of the Vedas. And this is now being done by the modernized sannyasis, as Prabhupada will refer to in tomorrow's purport and verse. Lord Buddha had to reject the authority of the Vedas altogether. This is simply technical, and had it not been so, he would not have been so accepted as the incarnation of Godhead, nor would he have been worshipped in the transcendental songs of the poet Jayadev. Was a Vaishnav Acharya. Lord Buddha preached the preliminary principles of the Vedas in a manner suitable for the time being, and so did also Shankara Acharya, to establish the authority of the Vedas. Therefore, both Lord Buddha and Acharya Shankara paved the path of theism. And Vaishnav Acharyas, especially Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, led the people on the path, toward a, path towards a realization of going back to Godhead. We are glad that people are taking interest in the non-violent movement of Lord Buddha. But will they take take the matter very seriously and close the animal slaughterhouses altogether? If not, there's no meaning to the ahimsa cult. And we know Srila Prabhupada would also, in his dialogues with different Christian leaders or priests, he wouldn't go very far. He would just hone in on this point, thou shalt not kill. And he wouldn't get too much into theology and discussions. He would say, thou shalt not kill. Why are you killing that an animal? Thou shalt not kill. Okay, and then just um, one more um, reference from uh, Chaitanya Mita. And I just, I'm just on this chapter of uh, the explanation of the Rama verses, which um, is very interesting. Prabhupada saying here in today's purport, he is saying, Shrimad Bhagavatam and Nara Pancharatra are authorized scriptures that are considered Sat Shastra, or scriptures which lead one to the path of God realization. Asat Shastras are just the opposite. So, I've, as I've been reading this chapter, one appreciation I've been having is how detailed it's describing even like different kinds of Atmaramas and different kinds of yog. Even like there's nir- nirgar- Nirgarba yogis who worship the Paramama without a form. Then there's the Sagarbha yogis who worship the Parmama with a form. And then there's the 13 Atmarama yogis. It's so detailed and thinking how I remember before coming to Krishna consciousness, there was some idea and appreciation of meditation, of the great spirit, of God, of um, you know, even kind of like yogic lifestyle. And then you read this chapter of Chaitanya Charitamrita, and it's so defined. It was like it was it was a similar experience to when I read Bhagavad Gita. It was no longer just like a sentiment or just kind of a vague appreciation. Krishna and with Prabhupada's purports, it was a very defined conclusion. And I didn't feel like, oh, I'm just now going to be joining this other religion. When I was traveling across the country, I was 19, I was tra- traveling with this activist group. And there was this one yogi on the walk from Bulgaria. And he was, he was sharing me books of um, Vivekananda and different I won't say all the names, but different Mayavad philosophers. And side by side I was chanting Japa uh, and reading, starting to read Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita. And on that walk, it was interesting because there was another person who, was, who also had Prabhupada's Gita. And after a few months walking with them, I was seeing how, well, this guy's reading Prabhupada's Gita, but he's still, like, flirting with the girls and smoking and partying. And then this other one, it's like, it doesn't seem to line up with what Prabhupada's saying. He's like, he was like, I didn't know about Myvad philosophy, but I could tell it's not exactly in line with Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita. Even though I was very new, it was just a very new experience for me reading Prabhupada's Gita. And I wasn't, I wasn't feeling that that this person that was, had Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita enchanting, I wasn't like trying to be sectarian, like, well, what he's doing, what I'm doing is right, what he's doing is wrong. It just didn't seem to fit like, oh wait, well he's still doing these activities and saying that it's okay. And then there's this other person, kind of, I didn't know about Mayavada philosophy, but he was speaking in such a way that was like denying Krishna. And somehow I sensed that, that he was denying Krishna's existence, that we're servants of Krishna. And just from the few months of reading Prabhupada's books, it's very clear that we're servants of Krishna from every page, and Krishna's the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And I didn't know how to argue it. And then I remember I left the walk, got to the temple, and then, like, a, months later, after he finished his part of the walk, because it ended up in Nevada, he came to visit me at the temple, you know, long hair, big beard. And I didn't know, but I didn't, at that time, I started to get to know a little bit more about my Vada philosophy. And at that time, it, it was really clear. He was kind of like, So, you're actually like, you're actually dedicating yourself to like be a servant of Krishna? And you're, and you're actually like, you're gonna join a movement that like worships Krishna? And he, he was almost like, why don't you like just worship the impersonal absolute like I do? And then I could start seeing like, no, that's not the path I want to take. It, it became very defined. And my coming to Krishna consciousness, when I look back, and I, and, I, and I feel I need to remind myself regularly, because it's easy just to kind of default to just like, oh, I joined a religion. I shaved my head, just like I used to have a certain hairstyle and wear a certain kind of clothes. Now I have a different kind of hairstyle and I wear different kinds of clothes and it's still in the realm of like sadhu dress, like before I was trying to dress like a sadhu and eat like a sadhu and sleep like a sadhu and, and I'm still doing that now. And it could just be like another kind of form of it. But when I look back, it was really clear to me that coming to Krishna consciousness, especially under the guidance and fold of Srila Prabhupada and the Vaishnava Prampa, it wasn't this, well, I want to just join this religion because I don't want to be a Mayavad philosopher Or just kind of like a devotee who is into Krishna but then also careless in their behavior in life. It was a a genuine calling to see that there's something very clear about what's being presented in Bhagavad Gita. And then after this chapter of of the explanation of the Atmarama verses, it's very clear what does Atmarama mean and the different levels of like Atmarama yogis. And then this chapter of the residents of Varnasa become Vaishnavas, how clear it is that a highly elevated personality like Prakashananda Saraswati who is historically respected as a leader of the Mayavadis, how he had his transformation. And if he had such a transformation without just, well, I'm going to give up my Mayavad camp and now just join the Hare Krishnas. He had an actual like, profound experience of transformation connecting with Lord Chaitanya. And so who am I, just this little pipsqueak seeker walking around the country reading Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita and having a similar experience, coming in touch with Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita, Prabhupada's devotees, and experiencing something that wasn't just, well, I'm kind of bored, so I want to join a religion. No, it was, an, it was like an authentic, genuine call of, yeah, this transformation is actually like happening genuinely in my heart. It's an authentic experience. And I couldn't deny it. I couldn't deny it. And even I, though I didn't know so much about my philosophy, uh, something was just not right when this person was like trying to get me to like not be a servant of Krishna. It's like, no, I, being a servant of Krishna is our constitutional position. It became very clear just from those few months of reading Prabhupada's books. So I, I'm appreciating these two references from this chapter, the residents of Varnasa become Vaishnavas. I'd just like to read a paragraph of um, each of the verses. So Sripad Shri, Shankaracharya, uh, he's saying here, Sripad Shankaracharya has given his interpretation an imaginary meaning. It does not actually appeal to the mind of any sane man. He has done this to convince the atheists and bring them under his control. So, so as Prabhupada is commenting in today's verse and in the verse from Srimad Bhagavatam, Lord Buddha had a particular uh, agenda, mission, and similarly, Shankaracharya. And Prabhupada says here, Sripad Shankaracharya's propaganda opposed the atheistic philosophy of Buddha. Lord Buddha's intention was to stop atheists from committing the sin of killing animals. Atheists cannot understand God. Therefore, Lord Buddha appeared and spread the philosophy of non-violence to keep the atheists from killing animals. Unless one is free from the sin of animal killing, he cannot understand religion or God. When I think of this devotee Jena and also Bhada they could see that, oh, th- these guys are like, they're vegetarian. They're wanting to come to the temple. They're getting up early. They're like riding their bikes before, you know, we were getting up like at 3 in the morning, get on our bikes, ride our bikes down to the beach, jump in the water, shower off, and then get to Mangalarti. We were like so, it was so exciting. So we were staying. We actually bathed bathed before coming to the temple. We like understood you have to come clean. So we we would bathe, put on clean clothes, and we'd get there, and, you know, I mean, I got there. (laughs) My friends, we were going, they were coming at night. Anyways, what I would do is I'd ride my bike down there and I could see like, oh, he's not eating meat, he's not doing this. All right, he's smoking a little ganja, let's keep like encouraging him, right? Let's keep encouraging him. So there, it's true, there are so-called followers of worships of Lord Shiva who justify like the gharis, the, 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 the aghoris, the agoris. And it's not like aghori, like it's agori. Yeah, and they, do all, they eat all kinds of weird things and like smoke and take all kinds of... De- devilish. Devilish, as Prabhupada says. Very devilish lifestyle. So we definitely weren't living that devilish lifestyle. <laughs> we weren't eating and doing all those kind of weird acts. We even, we even actually... I remember Bhajra Sena said, you know, um, ideally, when you have your gatherings at your apartment, uh, don't invite any girls. And it wasn't this like, we hate girls, but I could, now I could see, oh, he was, he was like... Encouraging me to like take to Brahmachari life like learn to be disciplined uh, in, in your like social dealings don't invite girls because if you do the tendency is young guys and young girls are together And it was happening afterwards like this guy was having sex with that girl And this person was having sex with that person and I was like whoa he's right It's actually like we, we were coming together to like read philosophy play music and then by the end of the night It got degraded just illicit sex and intoxication and it's like, oh, that makes sense. So then after that, I started only inviting the guys over. <laughs> so again, these devotees can see, right? We can see a potential in someone and try to like fan that spark despite certain other shortcomings that might be there uh, in their life. Although Lord Buddha was an incarnation of Krishna, he did not speak about God for the people were unable to understand. He simply wanted to stop animal killing. Sripad Shankaracharya wanted to establish the predominance of one's spiritual identity. Therefore he wanted to, to convert the atheist through an imaginary interpretation of the Vedic literatures. These are the secrets of the acharyas. It's interesting how Prabhupada uses the word camouflage. He uses the word these are the secrets of the acharyas. Sometimes they conceal or in the other purport he said camouflage, the real purpose of the Vedas and explain the Vedas in a different way. Sometimes they enunciate a different theory just to bring the atheists under their control. Thus it is said that Shankara's philosophy is for pashandas, atheists. And then just jumping forward, I'll end here and then we can have some discussion. This is later in the chapter. It's such an exciting chapter, just the the beautiful reciprocation of Prakashananda Saraswati and Lord Chaitanya and how he's just, he's so touched by the the weapon of Lord Chaitanya, the weapon of his beauty, the weapon of his associates, the weapon of the kirtan. It's just so transformative for the Saraswati. So uh, later in chapter, in text 91, then Lord Chaitanya is now responding. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu replied, I am an ordinary living being and therefore my knowledge is very insignificant. However, the meaning of the Brahma Sutra is very grave because its author, Vyasadeva, is a Supreme Personality of at himself. So finishing with this purport, an ordinary living being cannot actually understand the meaning of the Vedanta Sutra. One can understand the meaning if he hears it from the authority, Vyasadeva himself. For this purpose, Vyasadeva gave a commentary in the Brahma Sutra in the form of Srimad Bhagavatam. He had been instructed to do this by his spiritual master, Narada. Of course, Shankaracharya distorted the meaning of the Brahma Sutra because he had a motive to serve. He wanted to establish Vedic knowledge in place of the atheistic knowledge spread by Lord Buddha. All these necessities are there according to time and circumstances. Neither Lord Buddha nor Shankaracharya is to be blamed. The time, required, the time required such an explanation for the understanding of various types of atheists. The conclusion is that one cannot understand in the meaning of Vedanta Sutra without going through Srimad Bhagavatam and rendering devotional service. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu therefore further explains the matter in the following verses. So, if you're inspired to have this to I called Bala last night a little just to discuss if you're interested in unpacking this whole pastime in the history of Prakashananda Saraswati, Mayavad philosophy uh, Lord Buddha Shankaracharya definitely talk with uh, Bala or, Sha- or uh, shamiprash Prash to get a little bit more history it was just very interesting too even how I, I won't name like the traditions but we Bala was even sharing how uh, when Lord Chaitanya he heard from was it Tapan Mishra or who was his assistant that said there's a there's someone outside the door that that Or Lord Chaitanya said go get that go get he's someone is outside the door and he said oh, no, it's just some der, dervish, right? Who, was it Tapan Mishra? Who's the one that informed Lord Chaitanya that there's just some kind of guy with a beard and long hair outside the door? Oh, so, well, it, yeah Chandra Shekhar so Vala was sharing how some will use that, just like some may use, oh, Lord Chaitanya, he took initiation in a Mayavad line. From Kesha, he took sannyas from Kesara Bharti Maharaj and Shankaracharya line. So what's the difficulty? And they may justify their Mayavad conceptions. Or there's those who may carry long beard and long hair and seeming to weave in some bhakti. And they even refer to some great poets, historical poets, that speak very deep sentiment of like longing and... The beauty of divinity and, and even seemingly to speak in such a personal way but the conclusion is actually mayavad and, uh, and they even may do things like kirtan and they might even do ecstatic dance but then at, at, the, at the conclusion the last snare of maya which is I want to be God right we think doing some drugs or like you know maybe falling down with like a man or a woman the last snare of maya oh I want to be Shiva which means I want my shakti, right? I want my control. I want to. I'm, I'm going to be, you know, Mahayogi. This last snare of Maya. So anyhow, in, in, even through Chaitanya Charitamrita, how persons could actually say, well, this person, you know, carried themselves in this way. Or we hear even like the Babajis. They didn't wear neck beads, or they gave up all markings of Vaishnavas. So then I'll just dress like a Babaji, and then when will need to be ready to be exposed by Bhakti Siddhanta saying, all right, you want to dress like a Babaji? Who here in the assembly, before touching my Guru Maharaj, has had not any carnal association with a woman in the past year, the past six months, the past month, the past, was it three days? Or the past one day? And they all they all left. They were all in Babaji Vesh, right? Either they had Jatta or no kantimala, no tilak. And, oh, look at this one. He's lower. He's in Varnashram. He's wearing tilak, and he's in vesh or maybe he was still in vesh, right? And no one touched, no one, they realized, wow, he actually just exposed us. So, on this point, um, how did I go there? Oh, yeah. Um, I was talking to Bala about this. So, it's so important that we hear from the proper authorities, even about Lord Chaitanya's sannyas, even about Sanatana Goswami's transformation, or about Prakashananda Saraswati's transformation, because even there may be others who aren't actually in line with parampara, and they may actually even leverage statements that are there in Shastra, and use it for their own agendas. Right. So in, this purport, it's, in these purports, it's very clear, Prabhupada, you'll see, they'll carry their hair in a certain way, they'll smoke ganja, and it's like, whoa, I've met people like that. And they say like they're into Lord Shiva, etc. So it's so very important for us. And I, and I think as a young seeker, I appreciated so much the, I can say, I, I would say like the intensity and the clarity that Prabhupada uh, gave in his purports. And Mahatma Prabhu shared something very interesting uh, in his appreciations of Bhakti Charu Swami. In one section of his talk, He was saying how we have to be very careful and some senior Vaishnavas are expressing this concern that if we, he uses these two terms, if we sideline Śrīla Prabhupāda or we eclipse Śrīla Prabhupāda by not keeping him in the center, doesn't mean that he's the only guru, It doesn't mean that there can't be other teachers and gurus, but meaning that he was sharing his experience of in the 80s when he actually experienced that Prabhupāda was being eclipsed and sidelined. You know, by and, and he was like, it wasn't feeling right to him. There was something in him that it just didn't feel right. So it's so important to keep things very clear with Acharya, with the Prampra, with Shastra, and then with one another uh, to be able to discuss these points so that we don't find ourselves maybe justifying. Like even I, I brought up in the beginning, it could happen where we might just say like, well, you know, you can eat this, and you can drink this, and you can smoke this, and it's kind of okay. And when you read a purport like in Bhagavad Gita, Chapter 3, Text 24, it's like, all right, it's not okay. (laughs) It's very clear. Prabhupada says, there are some who try to imitate Lord Shiva, and they they are calling death very near. Okay, don't do that. There are some who want to imitate the gopis, Krishna with the gopis, and go out at midnight and dance with girls. Okay, if I'm going to go out at night and dance with girls, it's clear that this isn't authorized, right? But one might say, like, it's okay. And so, it's so crucial that we hear clearly so that we don't even, even we can read Chaitanya Charitamrita, and we might even get to a certain section like and Saraswati. And if there's not a clear adherence to Parampara, we may say, well, Lord Chaitanya is a disciple of, of uh, Keshavabarti Maharaj, who was a sannyasi, so I can justify these Mayavad kind of conceptions like that. So I'll stop there. Maybe some further elaboration on today's verse about. Uh, imitators of Lord Shiva, this curse of Brigumuni, that um, the followers of Lord Shiva will be cheated. And Prabhupada elaborated, he did elaborate and say that they're not to be blamed. They had a particular kind of service, why they camouflaged or why they had a certain way to preach. Um, but we can see here that uh, this curse has come to life, it's come to being. And we'll see in the further verses too uh, how these symptoms are there in the observation of, of these uh, types of followers of Lord Shiva, and then also, of course, so-called smarta brahmanas and her- hereditary brahmanas. So we have a few minutes, Balaprabhu. Uh, Do you need the mic? Take the whole mic off. Oh, just the whole mic. Okay. Um.
1: <coughs> Regarding, thank you for really nice class. Um, kind of regarding sidelining Śrīla Prabhupāda or eclipsing Śrīla Prabhupāda, and then tying that in with kind of like deviating or using pastimes or certain things to justify breaking regulative principles. I was talking with uh, Satya Narayan Prabhu, uh, BBT, who does like the, the Middle East preaching and stuff, and he was saying how he's experienced and seen how, you know, you're in line with the Prabhupada's teachings, but then if you deviate just a little bit, then years down the line you can see, oh, I'm like way over here instead of like kind of like parallel with Prabhupada's teachings. So I always kind of like reflect on that in terms of, you know, like, oh, Shah the Prabhupada's saying this, but we can like bend it a little, but then we'll be like way over there. And um, but I have I have a question that why is it the followers of Lord Shiva choose ganja to imitate Lord Shiva? He drank an ocean of poison. Why don't they drink like little drops of poison? It, some devotees say that Lord Shiva actually took ganja, but is that actually clear in the Puranas or anything? Does anybody also, know? also had
0: that question. I never got, never got an actual reference. Him, you know, smoking... Ganja, you know, I don't, I mean, this is, uh, I don't see in pictures of Lord Shiva him with a pipe or smoke like that. I I see, you see Nila Kanta. Actually, this is when I was 18 traveling across the country. This is my first picture I got, like, when I got into spirituality. I was was traveling this this uh, picture of Lord Shiva. I actually got in Uvrindava and I was hitchhiking through and I I went into the gift shop. I just went, it was a really interesting time there. You can imagine, it was 1991. So I won't go into details, but I went to their gift shop, Sarvatma so Prabhu knows <laughs> the details of 1991 in New Vrindavan. Uh, but I saw this picture, and I, I bought it and just kept it with me. And I, I actually felt, I, it wasn't that I was like worshiper of Lord Shiva, but I remember praying to Lord Shiva, praying to Lord Jesus because I was staying at churches and monasteries. And I was like, please bring clarity and guidance to like who I should take shelter of. And I remember when I got here to Denver, it became really clear like they brought me to Prabhupada. You know, I, I, I felt like Lord Shiva brought me to Prabhupada and Lord Chaitanya. Going back to your point, though, I don't know of any actual references of that, you know, how they justify the smoking of marijuana. Is it kind of like, well, Lord Shiva drank this poison, it's kind, of, it's kind of intoxicating, so we'll smoke this ganja, which is an intoxicant, or datura, or take LSD, or opium, right? Like, there might be different ways of how they want to imitate Lord Shiva. And, yeah, I, I don't know of any... Going back to your point about sidelining and eclipsing, one thing I learned in my six years traveling with Ganapati Swami, and Mahatma said this too, back in the day, what would be in your cassette player? A Prabhupada lecture. They would hear each other as God brothers give talks, but it was very prominent. He said it was very prominent. You, just, you would listen to Prabhupada daily, practically. It was just what you, he, Prabhupada was on the planet, and his classes were being recorded. So either you're there with Prabhupada or you read his books. And so I, I, I know for myself, I listen to lectures of various devotees and, uh, but for sure, something that is like religious to me that maybe I miss a day here and there but it's very rare that I miss a day where I don't hear at least one lecture of Srila Prabhupada or at least hear a little bit of his kirtan, of his bhajan or at least read a few pages of his books, at least daily. There's no question, if, if I miss one or two or three days I, I experience this oh I'm kind of like because then naturally I'm hearing other things I'm not just in a cave not hearing anything there's other things I am also reading I'm also watching and after a few days not just a few weeks but even a few days I can and then I come back to reading a purport and said oh I kind of was like out here right so it's it's uh, it's humbling and so I really appreciated this discipline that I learned with Ganapati Marj, that every day like we would listen to one lecture at least every day without fault and of course read Bhagavatam every morning and we would read at night so that Mahatma Prabhu was saying how this will help us from that that tendency maybe to sideline or eclipse Srila Prabhupada if we keep him in the center and he was saying how Bhakti Charu Sami was so uh, determined to regularly express the importance of, of uh, keeping Prabhupada in that center not meaning that we can not have other teachers and we can't read other books uh, but meaning that keeping that very prominent, that sadhana, is very prominent and, and I experienced it myself. And with all the technology today, someone could say, well, what about if we didn't have technology? We wouldn't be able to hear Prabhupada's kirtans or lectures. Well, you wouldn't also be able to go on Facebook and you wouldn't also be able to like, meet different teachers who have to fly on planes to land in your town. So the technology was there at a very unique time where Yadubar and Vishaka and others were able to record in such a dynamic way. So we can see that Krishna arranges technology. But it's true. 500 years ago, if you missed Naratam Das Thakur, there was no recordings. It was it was given by the memories of his disciples. Or if you missed, you know, Ishwarapuri, or if you missed, you know, Sanatana Goswami, there wasn't like you couldn't hear his lectures. And we're so fortunate that we can hear Prabhupada's lectures. It would be given the memories would be given by the the teachers to the students in such a way that they were able to develop such loyalty to Rupa and Sanatana, to Madhavendra Puri, to Ishwarapuri, Puri, to whoever it might be in the discipline succession. Now we have the technology to hear our spiritual masters, especially to hear regularly Srila Prabhupada. And even with the technology now, the books are still available. So yeah, he was just mentioning this point so that we don't default to eclipsing or sidelining Prabhupada. Yeah, it's a very powerful talk actually. Um, hardly forwarded it to me, a recent talk he gave, just two days ago, I think, three days ago, about his memories of, he spent quite a bit of time with Bhakti Charu Swami, and just kind of his loyalty to Shiva Prabhupada. So Ramakrabhu, anything from your side, or Mother Nidra? Mr. Gavinda said that Shiva is commonly known to carry a Chilam, so that's probably worth Shiva, yeah, okay, yeah. and So even with that, I haven't actually seen a Shastrik reference. I've, I've, heard, I've heard the moon, I've heard he carries the Ganga, that he wears the snakes, ashes. He spends time in crematoriums. He has the bhutas as his followers. He carries a trishul, um, the drum, the k- kamandulu. Um, so I've heard those, but I, I haven't heard the chillum being one of the accessories. But Although he's depicted, I just haven't heard the a Shashik reference that that's one of the accessories that comes with Lord Shiva's persona. So yeah, anyways, if there's actual Purana maybe. Mother Nidra. Oh,
2: Thanks, Vibhu. So you are saying that uh, Shankaracharya wanted the souls to um, eventually come back to their constitutional positions. So can you say how that is um, when you're presenting, you know, Mayavad philosophy? that you're to become God, or you are God, and how, uh, how, how he made sure that the souls were going to come back to their constitutional position. Because
0: Lord Buddha denied the Vedas and then you're,
2: you're asking, how did he... Yeah, so how did he, uh, how, how do he maneuver everybody back to, back t- to the find out their constitutional position?
0: I would like to just refer to him because he's studied a little bit more in depth than I I have regarding the whole history of, of Buddha, and Mayavad philosophy. So if that's okay, Bala, if, if I'd like just because we're short on time, and just in honor of that question, I think you would do it more, uh, you would give more clarity to it. Can you share that with me? Yeah. Yeah, I'm speaking from
1: So regarding how Shankaracharya brought back the Vedas is, is that the question in, in terms of was the understand well I, my understanding from i guess studying you know you have astika and nastika so you have Buddhism and Jainism, where they are not following the Vedas. And so when Buddha came, it was a rejection of the Vedas, rejection of the Brahmins. I mean, it's very clear, like in, you know, you read the Pali Canon and so many Buddhist scriptures, how Buddha was like really rejecting the Vedas because they were misusing them. Lord Shiva and Shankaracharya, and Bhakti Mano Thakur goes into this in Jaiva Dharma a little bit also. In terms of bringing back the Vedas, and uh, then you get the Astika, right? All the six Darshans, philosophical theses of, uh, are all based on the Vedas, and so especially bringing back, you know, the Vedas, and then you have him bringing up Vedanta Sutra. But then even Shankaracharya, you know, even though the you know he uh, word juggling all these things at the end. Bhaja Govinda, Bhaja Govinda, Bhaja Govinda. But then what did the Mayavadis say? Oh, Shankaracharya, he went mad at the end. Saying, you know, just give up all your words ugly, just worship Govinda. So in, in uh, and then even Prabhupada, uh, what's the, he would always, I, f- I forget the Sanskrit, maybe Sumi Prabhupada knows it, where Vishnu is transcendental. So even, yeah, Shank- yeah so that, you know, the, Shankaracharya, Lord Shiva as Shankaracharya is giving the essence here and there, but then the Mayavadis try to like whitewash that away. So it's all there in his teachings basically. I don't know if somebody do you want to say something else on that? We try to spiritual
2: bypass. <laughs> <laughs> so so, poison whether far or the Buddha we
0: know it is an avatar of Krishna, or how Lord Shiva He'll come as, you know, he was, that he'll he become as this brahmana, this mayavad brahmana. And we can see that ultimately they're there to uh, help the, even those who are so-called atheists, right? So they come with this, what was the word camouflage and what was the other word? Secret? Yeah, they kind of like this sort of secret philosophy or camouflage philosophy. just to pay. And Prabhupada even uses a word actually, They they both pave the way. And then almost like to the door, and then lord shiva opens a door and then brings them to the path of god realization back to godhead so it's not that they're completely just you know we we criticize them or we just no that they had a certain kind of purpose and then once you connect with lord chaitanya and the vaishnava Parampara then you actually can see clearly you actually see more clearly oh you're able to appreciate lord buddha and shankaracharya even that much more or even lord shiva let's say we can even appreciate the actual position of Lord Shiva even much more genuinely than so-called a worshipper of Lord Shiva who drinks wine and eats meat and grows jata and smokes ganja that actually the Vaishnava Bhaktas coming from Mangalarti chanting japa with shaved heads have an appreciation of Lord Shiva uh, in a much more uh, genuine way and Lord Shiva even recognizes that because he's, he's a he's a devotee of Krishna and so like that yes yes Let's close with Sarvatma Prabhu, and
2: Usually, when when things of this magnitude take place, uh, where the the hearts and the minds of hundreds of thousands of millions of people need to be changed, uh, they're gradual processes that take hundreds of years, just like we experience with lord chaitanya's philosophy that is uh, it takes hundreds of years to develop to to reach a certain height zenith and you know to spread correctly i would say so uh, this this plans of sending buddha and shankara to kind of prepare the dough for the bread you know, it takes a long time to raise. You can't just mix the dough and put it in the oven. It's not. You're not gonna get bread. It's gonna get a just very hard thing, inedible. Gallons <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You need. You need uh, for some time to to pass by and for things to naturally work themselves out. All the wrinkles. Um, so I think it's of course, you know Shankara. Kind of, he couldn't because he's he's a devotee. He couldn't hold it much longer, and he just burst into Govinda, Muramate. You're, you're, just just forget about it. And this is this was all nonsense. You know, he was he was playing a role, just like in the, in the 40s, there were uh, there were radio programs. In, in America, dramas that will take place live, and sometimes people will wait outside of a radio station and beat up the bad guys that the, the, those who are playing the role of bad guys because uh, this this happened actually no not just once um so this is this is what happened there's a whole plan and it takes hundreds of years, and the influence you know spread so yes, maybe. Shankara didn't have a direct influence over sending people back to their constitutional position, but at least uh, it started the process, you know, and, and without him, it wouldn't have happened. That was one of the key, key ingredients. Uh, and and one more point about the intoxication that Prabhupada was asked by his early disciples um, because it was LSD was very Paul and LSD were very prominent at the time and Prabhupada made the point many times that to realize God is not cheap. You can't just buy it from a dealer. You can get you know, eat anything, smoke anything, put anything in your body and then realize God. That is also a gradual process and takes a lot of effort and a lot of sincerity.
0: In due course of time, things can also be eclipsed and sidelined, as Mahatma Prabhu was saying. So, the concern of, as the generations are going on, it's so important that what, what's just like from, you know, from the elders who were around in the 70s, 80s, 90s, how important it was just hearing Śrīla Prabhupāda daily and keeping that centre there. And then the concern of like, whoa, in a hundred years, will people even read, be reading Prabhupāda's books? And listening to his lectures anymore and so how important it is to keep that and I can see with Ganapati Maharaj when I was with him it was like you know you're, you're the next generation and it's important that you're also hearing Prabhupada as much as he's hearing Prabhupada and reading Prabhupada's books um, is the next generation doing it and so I was just thinking you were saying like over a lot this point of a long period of time how important it is to keep that center very strong so that, Because what can happen with time is things get sidelined and eclipsed and sort of like fade out. Um, so it's a little different point, but the, the, po- the point of k- keeping that center of Shastra, of Guru, of Parampara very strong so that that fading out uh, doesn't take place. So it's always a um, nice refresher for all of us. Thanks for all the uh, reflections and comments in we'll there Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai Srila Prabhupada ki jai for premanandi